Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. In your life have you seen anything like that. Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. All right, we're off and running. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show is presented to you by Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio. 740 The Fan is the dial, the fifth largest AM signal in the country. I'd like to know the other four. I'm going to find that out before the summer is over. It must cover some incredible ground. 107.3 on the FM dial. 740thefan.com is where you can find the podcast early and also inform.com. You can find the podcast. Later in the show, we're going to... Tell the story of seven Concordia graduates who won a lot of money in the old gambling world, putting their uh, putting their bets on the Golden State Warriors, took that, went over to the British Open, and had a great time. And uh, we will catch up with that story again later in the show. But I feel like we need to up the intelligence level of, of the show. And to do that, none better than to get another sports writer, of course, as we uh, head down the home stretch of, of this show, Jace Frederick has covered the sports has covered sports for the St. Paul Pioneer Press since 2015. His work can be found in the Forum newspaper, especially this week on the 3M Open. He's kind of take a few minutes. Good morning, Jace. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Good. I don't know if I can up any intelligence. Yeah. So that's usually not my forte. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's. Uh, I think everybody got the tongue in cheek there, but uh, <laughs> we like what we do. Put it that way, but. Big-time event, Jace. What's it like covering a, a 3M Open, a, a PGA Tour event? This is uh, It's been going on now for a few years at, at TPC Twin Cities. So what do you like about this event? Well, it's fun just, frankly, like it's, a, it's, it's fun to see how many people come out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Minnesota has, and just, just in general, this area has a pretty big golf supporting base. Um, you know that up here in the Midwest, and there aren't too many opportunities. There aren't too many like close by locations to see some of these guys come play. Uh, this is kind of about it for this area. Um, nothing in Wisconsin, nothing in the Dakotas. Um, Iowa has the John Deere, um, and that's about it. Uh, so the 3M is, is kind of the major chance to come see a lot of names that maybe you watch on a weekly or you know monthly basis, whatever the case may be. Come watch these guys play, and people come out in droves, especially on the weekends, um, mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday for PGA Tour events. And I think kind of broad, like it's not the same attendance numbers that you see on the weekend. Uh, but Saturday and Sunday, they come in, they pack TPC uh, Twin Cities and Blaine here, and it's it's fun to see that uh, because you see just kind of realize just how many golf fans there are out here, and it's almost kind of like a broad get together of the mall once a summer here. You know, that's a great point, and there's also another event for Fargo people in this area, the the, the Sanford uh, Open down at Sioux Falls. Right. That's a senior event. But to see an athlete, and these guys are athletes, to see the uh, people at the top of their field, whether it's NBA players, NFL, to see them up close and in person, and you can literally – Go get within you know a few yards of these guys if you if you if you if you place it right. 
it's just different, isn't it? Isn't isn't it just different seeing and listening to the way they hit the ball? Absolutely, yeah. It's just listening to the way it comes off the tee, like it's a sound that you do not make uh, when you swing the club. Uh, you know, like it, and and just watching the distances. And frankly, like for me, the biggest thing when walking around is always looking at maybe some of the trouble these guys get into and mm-hmm. how easily they get out of it. Where I, it's one of those where I'd go, I, I might get up and down in four here from this like green right. side location, and you know, watching them flip it within two feet um, of the the pin and just tapping it in. It's just the the different things that the number of different shots they have. Um, it's all just kind of remarkable. Like, Oh, okay. Here I've got to, you know, hit a 20 yard draw around this tree and just watching the ball <laughs> play. It's, it's amazing because you can't imagine moving the ball like that um, in your life. And to see them do it with just basically like it's, it's a casual shot yeah. that they could do, you know, nine times out of 10. It's, it's pretty special. It's of every shot really is a reminder of just how good they are. I saw that with Tom Hoagie once, I think it was three, four years ago when he was playing in the, Bobcat North Dakota Open. He had, wasn't doing so hot at the PGA Tour and just came back to play an event. And he was on a par five and he took out a three wood. He had to go through a couple trees. I'm behind him. I'm just like studying. I'm going. You're going through there. Are you, are you got to be kidding me? And he just nailed it. And that, and again, I think to your point, that's the difference. Uh, let's talk about the field, Jace. And and as we head to the weekend here, you know, we'll talk in generalities of the players. The timing, not the best, coming the week after the British Open. A lot of the top players just, uh, you know, obviously grinding it out over and over the pond for the last two, three weeks are, are not entered. But there are some good good players. Who do you like in the field as far as, uh, in, in general, uh, of players to watch? Yeah, I mean, you've got the bigger names up top. Um, probably, I guess, the quote-unquote headliners of the event. You've got... Hideki Matsuyama, the 2021 Masters champ. Uh, Tony Finau has been a, a guy who's consistently in the top 20 in the world. Um, Sungjae Im, still a pretty young player who's maybe struggled of late, but is still like a top 25-ish player of the world. And then you've got a bunch of maybe younger guys uh, who you can tell are on their way uh, to being like household names. Mm-hmm. And like right now, you've got the Rookie of the Year race in the PGA Tour and Cameron Young, who everybody just watched, you know, almost win the Open Championship. He's probably leading that race, and he's not here. But the two guys right behind him, uh, Davis Riley and Sahit Degala, those are you know, both guys who are in the top 40 in the FedEx Cup race. Um, you know, Riley is basically like a top 10 machine, has been all year. I think seven of his last 13 events or something like that. Yep. Um, he's consistently competing at the top of the game against even good, really good fields as well. Uh, Figal is a guy who's been here a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he got a sponsorship exemption fresh out of college, and uh, they do that a lot to try to garner some allegiance with these younger players. Hopefully they keep coming back as they get older and older. I mean, obviously the schedule plays a big part in that, but yep. Figal is somebody who has, heading into the 71st, 72nd holes of tournaments, like led or been in the position where he's tied for the lead, and you know the, he hasn't closed them the way he would have liked to, but he's competed four wins um and even as of like heading into saturday at the open he was you know in within a shouting distance of the lead um, yeah. before falling off on saturday so he's he's somebody who's shown you know for large periods of tournaments that he can compete at a really high level and he's only 24 years old um the other one tom kim um he's 20 okay. and Young. he's yeah. already ranked 40th in the world um and he's playing on like a special exemption now because of what he's done these last few weeks to where he's not a PGA Tour member, but he can accept unlimited sponsorships exemptions. Um, I'm sure he'll get them for these yep. last 
three events here, um, and he's trying to then finish in what would be the top 125 if he were a full-time tour member during his card for next year. But anytime you've got somebody who's like 20 years old and is in that type of position, it's the same position Joaquin Neiman was in when he was 19, and now Joaquin's one of the bigger names on tour. So mm-hmm. Tom Kim is somebody who people will want to see here because it's another one of those guys where it's like, you see them now, and in two years, like everybody will know who they are, and yep. then you will hope they're back at this tournament. So it's kind of fun to get a little bit of a look at those types of guys um, as as they're kind of ascending. Yep. Jace Frederick covers golf for the Pioneer Press in St. Paul. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio. A few minutes left in this first segment. Um, guys like Trent, um, say Tagala. Do you know their travel schedule? Did they get here Monday, or I mean, there's, I mean, that's a long way to 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 fly and 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 just start preparing. Yeah. So one really nice thing that 3M does, and and it's almost a must uh, to get these guys here, is they do charter a flight back oh, wow. uh, from the open to there. So it's kind of like once everybody's on the plane, uh, once everybody's done mm-hmm. uh, and wraps up their own, they can get back take that charter straight back to Minnesota. So they might, they get here, you know, by Sunday evening. Um, It's a pretty, you know, straight shot. It is funny. So I think sometimes it kind of depends on exactly what time they get here. It depends on Mm -hmm. how competitive the guys who are coming here did. So last year that was, Louis Oosthuizen was like in the final group of the Open. (laughs) And he didn't win. Colin Morikawa did, but Oosthuizen then was there until the bitter end. That flight had to wait quite a long time before it could take off and head back here. Uh, with Ustazen on board. This year, there weren't anybody, anybody I don't think, who was like in the last four or five groups. So probably got it back even a little bit earlier this time around. Yeah, the tournaments were going on in 2019. as previously the 3M Championship. Now it's the PGA Tour 3M Open. I almost look at the runner-up. Louis was a runner-up last year. Cameron Champ was your winner. Uh, Morikawa is a finished runner-up. DeChambeau has been a, a runner-up. Vegas, Vargas, um, you know, it, it's been some some pretty big names. Um, Morikawa is not in it this year, correct? Correct. Yeah, okay. he's only played in it that uh, that first season. Um, probably definitely a casualty of the schedule. I know he's talked in the past about how he'd like to get up here, but it's just a disco with this date. Yeah. What's the what's the uh, purse these days? The winner took what one point eight million last year. Uh, one point two, two. Uh, last year. One point two. Okay. Point, yeah, one point three five. I think is is the the winning total this year, which is, you know, it's it's not like an elite event, but that's mm-hmm. pretty good as far as um, just your regular tour event. There are a lot of more guys will be making like a 1.2 range. 1.35 is pretty good. Yep. We're going to take a break. Jace Frederick is a guest. He's a sports writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press, covers the 3M Open, covers a lot of stuff. Uh, you can see his stuff on Inform.com throughout the week. This is Jeff Kopak. We'll take a break. Back after this. I saw you slam your club in anger. I saw you look at me and wonder if I noticed. We are back. Jace Frederick is the guest. He covers sports for the St. Paul Pioneer Press down in uh, the Twin Cities. We'll be at the 3M Open all week, has covered the 3M Open in the past. 740 The Fan is your dial, 107.3 FM. Jace, uh, you expect the Live Tour stuff to, to pick up, uh, talk? that kind of thing. Are you going to bring it up this week? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really natural, especially like certain guys, um, Ricky Fowler, if he plays blown up to where he's coming into the tent, he's been a name that people have talked about because he doesn't shoot it down. He's like, yeah, it's still something I'm considering. I still think the PGA tour is the 
place for me right now, but it's an intriguing possibility. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are guys like that, um, you know, where, where you kind of consistently ask about it because it's kind of an evolving thing. Um, I think we're seeing it already here, like, with major season now over, the majors are kind of one thing that, that you know, people kind of keep their one-track mind on yeah. a lot of these players. But now that there's nine months until there's another major, you know, and it's a pretty heavy fall live schedule, I think we're going to see more and more names go now. Uh, so it's kind of something to keep your eye on at all times, and it's still like the storyline in golf. And then even for other guys um, who aren't going, you know, just more and more guys to get their thoughts and opinions on it because it is constantly such a big talker. It's a big talker at the 3M because, you know, like, the big names who played here in the past, mm-hmm. most of those guys are gone to live. Uh, it's yep. like the biggest names in the past were Louis Ustazen, Phil Mickelson, uh, Bryson, DJ, uh, Kepka's played in this before. Um, you know, so a lot of it, this tournament specifically took a hit as far as like name recognition uh, because those guys are gone to live. So that's a part of the story this week. Um, but then also just other guys where you're constantly checking in. Hey, wh- how do you feel about it right now? What do you think right now? Because um, I do think in these next couple of weeks we'll see a few more guys make that jump. How approachable are these players to talk about topics like this? Um, depends. In my experience, it depends on the player. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. You know, there there are some guys where you can go up to them and ask anything, mm-hmm. and some of them where you can ask almost anything and expect to get any kind of legitimate response. So there are so many guys out here uh, that it really kind of does come down to player to player and individual personalities, as is kind of the case in any sport. Yep. I want to talk about the course, TPC Twin Cities, and Arnold, Arnold Palmer design input with Tom Lehman, Minnesota's Tom Lehman. How does this course compare to other courses on the PGA Tour, if you, if you were to guess and, and, and compare? Um, in terms of general difficulty, I think it's pretty standard with a lot of the traditional courses out there. It's not one of the most difficult, but it's also like TPC Deer Run, uh, where they play the John Deere guys will consistently go 26, 27 under to win. Um, you don't have to do that at the 3M. It's mostly like a high teams mm-hmm. type course. You know, if you get to 18, 19, there's a really good chance you're going to be the winner. Uh, there's just, there's so much water. I think there's water in like 13 of the 18 holes that yes, there are a lot of birdie chances, but there are also a lot of chances to shoot yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of see mixes of that. I know the executive director, Hollis Kavner before us said like, who on birdies and train wrecks, and they get a lot of that. <laughs> um, you you get guys, you know, double bogey, but you might come back with three straight birdies after that. Um, All right. So it's it makes I think entertaining. Uh, the closing holes, seventeen with the par three with the pond, and they kind of tuck the pin away towards the water. Eighteen, you've got the big pond that they've really drawn out and made even bigger um, in recent years, and puts a lot of risk reward in going off the tee there. How aggressive do you want to be to give yourself a chance to head in and two? Um, so it's it's a lot of fun, like risk reward ish type situations, and it, it does keep the scoring, you know, respectable. If you're in that eighteen nineteen range, yes, that's a lot of birdies, but it's also not that the course is getting quote unquote embarrassed. So right. I think it's it's I think it stacks up pretty well, frankly, with the tour. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but I, and I got this vibe from the from the Sanford tournament. But it, there, there's a sacrifice on behalf on behalf of members. Uh, they probably close the course for what a week or two. You got to put up stands and and you got to put up all these tents and things like that. Uh, is there is there a uh, any pushback from members? Have you heard? Because there was down in Sioux Falls. I haven't heard anything like that. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there's a little bit, but I do think there's probably also a little bit of like pride um, that your course is featured on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. But I do know even like the first year of it. They didn't play for a while, but Brooks Kepka said, like, yeah, it looks like this course has been played too much. There's a lot of divots out there, so oh. maybe they pushed him back a little bit more from that. 
I have not heard that complaint in the last couple of years, though. Right. What is it about the course you like? Have you played? First of all, have you played it? And and, and there's a lot of water. I don't know if I'd want to play it, but what, what's it like to play it? Well, it's cool. Um, yeah, I I lose too many balls, frankly, uh, but yeah. <laughs> it it is it. I I just generally like the scenery of it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful um, with all those different water locations. It makes it very difficult uh, for somebody who's not great at golf like myself. But um, I every hole you look at it is kind of picturesque. So I really I guess. Like you play, like I've played Hazeltine before, and Hazeltine is very difficult and a cool course in itself. But there's only a few holes with like the great scenery on it. Yeah. TPC Twin Cities, I think, is kind of a lot of majestic looking views um, that are kind of like picturesque on a summer summer afternoon. What are your favorite courses in the Twin Cities? I've played Hazeltine, I've played Winsong, I've, I've played a few others. Where would you rank this one, or what? What's what's your uh, Mount Rushmore of courses down there? Well, I got to put Hazeltine up there because you would look ridiculous if you didn't. Um, yep. TPC, I, w- I would put it up there. I think TPC is a lot of fun. I played one song before, but I'm very good, Jeff. So a lot of these are <laughs> me a lot. Never uh, mind. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I even like like this isn't like it's just the course I play more, but like Presswick and Woodbury, I, I enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are other ones. Not not really trying to leave anything out, but yeah, like those four probably like the four. I'm like, yeah, I really enjoy those ones the most. A lot of those have played, you know, maybe twice in my life. But and then, you know, I I do like bouncing around. I even think like St. Paul's public courses are fun, reasonable rate courses, and those are probably the ones I play more often. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, the ones we mentioned probably are the ones that I would put like towards the top. I got a chance to play Town and Country a, a few years back. The oldest course. I've never played Town and Country. Yeah. So. Well, obviously, very hilly in the in the St. Paul district. There, I saw where St. Thomas put in a bid to buy it. I'm going no. We can't get rid of that course. It's got history to it, and uh, so I, I hope that's still as, as far as you know. It, that's still a thing, right? That St. Thomas isn't taking that over. Correct. Okay. As far as I know, at this point, but it does seem like the St. Thomas. Uh, you know, like you hear one site, and then you hear another site, and then another one, and then this site isn't going to work for this reason. So, it yep. still seems like a very evolving situation there. We'll see where they actually all end up. Yep. A few minutes left with Jace Frederick. He covers golf for the St. Paul Pioneer Press, among other things. Covers the Timberwolves, of course. Uh, before I let you go, I'm going to touch on Tom Hoagie, who uh, I think he's 17th right now in the FedEx Cup standings, graduate of Fargo South right up the Interstate 94. Coming in, not on such a hot streak. He's missed six straight cuts, missed a cut at the British Open. I didn't know if he was going to play in this, in this 3M, but he is now. Um if he gets his putting together, and I think that was been an issue, at least it was at the at the at the open. Uh, don't sleep on him, Jace, because this guy can play. I mean, he showed earlier this year like this guy can be one of the better players on tour. Frankly, like mm-hmm. he was contending week in week out, but you just see like the ebbs and flows of the season. And a lot of the best players in the world go through stretches like this where you just can't quite find it. Um, but once you do find it, it can be like a snap of the fingers. It can be figuring something out on the greens one practice day, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't take long. Uh, it doesn't have to be like a, a progress report where you're like, okay, now he's finishing, you know, 30th, 20th. Like it can just come any week. It could come this week. Um, yep. That's kind of the fun thing about tour, but we've seen Tom Hoagie has the talent to do it. He has the talent to win tournaments. Um, he could do it this week. He's just finding it. And he's not the first guy to go through struggles like this. Well, look at Morikawa. He, he had, you know, a year ago, the best iron player in the world now, not so much. So, I mean. Right. It just comes and goes. It's super finicky. Guys will talk about that. It's like you could be a quarter of an inch off or whatever the case may be. 
and now all of a sudden you look not nearly as good, but it's not that hard to get it back. Um, Ricky Fowler is somebody who he's been going through like a, a few year stretch yeah. you know, now of really struggling. And that's not to say he won't find it again too. Golf's a really finicky game. Um, that's what I think that's what kind of makes it so interesting. You don't know when it's going to be your week, your season, whatever the case may be, but Hoagie's too good. I think not to get it back on track here eventually. Do you have a favorite player out there? Who do you like covering? Um, as far as like guys who are covered here, Tony Finau is a super nice guy who's been here every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been good. As far as the guys I like watching on tour, the guy who just won the open camp Smith, I like guys who are kind of wizards around the green. Um, yeah. yeah, those and then like, you know, it's fun to like watch Jordan Speeds and things like that. But as far as guys who come here consistently, I, I'm definitely a female fan. Jason, enjoy the tournament. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank, thanks so much, Jeff. Yep. Appreciate it. Have thanks. a good one. You too. That's Jace Frederick, sports writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show as presented by Michelob Ultra. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this story. The adventures of seven graduates from Concordia College and the time of their lives and what they did and what happened over the pond at the British Open. Don't go away. I saw you slam your club in anger back for the second half of the golf shows presented by Michelob Baltar. this is jeff kopak on 740 the fan the fifth largest am signal in the country 107.3 on the fm dial thanks again for jace frederick the 3m open this weekend at tc what is it tcp twin cities what am i talking about tpc twin cities okay uh last weekend was uh last week was a was a just a, a drama filled British Open, and there's more going on outside the course and inside the course to St Andrews and 150th event uh, of it all. Saw a story that uh, there was an on course reporter ran into a Concordia graduate, and turns out that uh, he and his buddies, all Concordia graduates, made the trip and had a had the time had their had a. Had a trip of a lifetime, and one of those, Andrew Bellevue, a Concordia graduate, joins us. And first of all, Andrew, I'm insanely, insanely jealous of, of you and your guys on what you did because I can see me and my buddies doing the same thing. But you are back. Can you just uh, describe what it was like? Let's just start right there. Yeah, we're back. We got in last night at midnight. It was a, a crazy travel story back. Yeah, but, uh, what is that? Uh, let's let's start right there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it was, I've never seen anything like it. We got to the Edinburgh airport at seven in the morning, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a six hour time difference from here. So that's 1 a.m. Fargo time, uh, Minneapolis time. And we get to the airport and the line's like a hundred people out the airport. We've never been to the airport before. So uh-huh. maybe that's normal. Maybe it's not. And it wasn't moving. And we go in there and the, the people are saying the conveyor belts broke. So like get the, the morning after the British Open when they have of all time are flooded with people. And we're all, you know, we've been there for six, seven days, and I felt like three weeks. You know, yep. right. <laughs> you, know, you get the gist of where that's going. But um, and 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 it, we literally finally got in the airport, and the conveyor belt took three hours to fix. And in the meantime, the craziest part of it is we kind of got lucky in a sense, and we happened to be the first people into the airport before, before them when the line settled. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we heard these roars about eight thirty outside. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> well, Cam Smith just got dropped off. The guy that just won the British Open. He's got the claret jug. He's with his caddy and his agent, and they're just distraught. They're like, you know, they're on a normal flight just like us. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back. <laughs> That's and, crazy. You know, He's flying over, commercial. Yeah. yeah, you don't have any. Yeah, you would think he would hire NetJets or something after, <laughs> know, right? after that. 
after the fact, you know, and uh, uh, he's sitting there. He looks, you know, hung over to the guild. I'll just say it as it is. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if he was, but he's sitting down and they have security with them. And they're, mm-hmm. so they're outside with all the regular people. And he would have to wait just in line with us. Like Billy Horschel was there. He was five people behind the line with us. Mm-hmm. He waited just like we did for three and a half hours for the conveyor belt bill to, to work. Uh, but Cam Smith, being that he won the British Open, got a little preferential treatment, and they figured a way to kind of, you know, he sat there for 15 minutes, did a few selfies with a few people, uh, and they find a way, found a way to kind of move him into a different area. I don't know what happened from there. But, yeah. uh, but just, I mean, it, yeah, unlucky in a sense, but then lucky in a sense just to see that moment, you know. And then long story short, we so all the Edinburgh, every flight got backed up four hours probably mm-hmm. from start time because no one could get through because the conveyor belt to get the bag. They couldn't process anybody. Um, and it ended up not mattering because we got to JFK and that flight to Minneapolis and I had another buddy that's in our group going to Fargo later that night. They both got stranded in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. The JFK flight had a six-hour weather slash crew delay. Uh, so we landed at Minneapolis at midnight, which, like I said, we left at 1 a.m., so that's a 23-hour travel day that should have been uh, 13 hours yeah, you know, without yeah. the multiple delays so all right. all right where does this story start for you where it started a casino didn't it 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 started no started it really started about four years ago when, okay uh, a group of us buddies uh you know all of us were college roommates at concordia uh, uh mostly all four grads and 105 grad uh we kind of had this idea like let's go on these college football trips mm-hmm. and we, you know, we're we're kind of small. Ga- Some of us, you know, gamble a little bit here and there. It's not legal in Minnesota, so it's hard to do. But you know, you know, we've all got we've bet fifty bucks on a game before. You're like, well, you know, here and there. Yeah. Um. And so we got like, let's go to uh, bat, uh, Alabama. So first year, you know, it wasn't a gambling funded trip. But anyway, that got the whole group really going with a text chain that just became, you know, we've had, we've all been in contact since college, but mm-hmm. it just grew from there. And we went to Tuscaloosa. That was an amazing trip, but that wasn't uh, a gambling funded trip. It was just all of us, you know, pulling up whatever it took a thousand or, you know, yeah, it's a cheaper trip. Let's just say that <laughs> much cheaper than the 150th Open championship. Yep. Uh, so we did that for three, four years in a row. And then uh, I'm a uh, diehard golden state warriors fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, there's a couple other guys that love watching them. They're so so much fun to watch with Curry and Clay. And uh, I was a season ticket holder with Golden State when I lived there from 13 to 18, 2013 to 18. Um, so we always go back and forth with Kevon Looney. And it's the, some of the guys think it's kind of a joke. I, I've always been real serious about him. Like I think he's the key to the team. And then my buddy's like, "Well, no, Steph Curry's the key to the team." And <laughs> yada yada yada. And but you know, I say he's the like he's the guy that makes the the key rebound and the key block. Like you know, not necessarily the best player, but I, we call him the key. Yeah, winning so plays. Kind of he a, makes winning plays. Yeah, winning plays. Yeah, he's the guy you need that kind of glues the thing together. Is he their best top three player? No, but I, he's a you need a guy like that on championship level teams. So we we've been texting about Kevon Looney since 2017 Western Conference Finals against the Rockets. And, and let's skip ahead to the story with the gambling bet. So then, yeah. uh, at the end of the year, I go, the Warriors, had, you know, back when they were winning the titles in 17 and 18, they were only like two to one. They were massive favorites when they had Durant. I mean, so you couldn't make a lot of money without risking a lot. And and I knew Clay Thompson was coming back this year, and I texted the guy that said, how about we do this for the one time? Let's chip in some money. I'm pretty confident this is going to be a good bet. The 150th British Open is next summer. 
let's let's chip in and put some money in. So we, I think our original chip in, uh, uh, the numbers might be off, but maybe like 200 bucks a piece. And we put that on the Warriors at the beginning of the year at 10 to 1. And then that wasn't going to be enough to, to pay for the whole trip. But then halfway through the year, I had the better idea of like, like I think it was like we went all went to Iowa. We traveled south to four of the four of the seven of us traveled south to Iowa to where it's legal at FanDuel. Yeah. Yep. And we all, everyone, I think everyone PayPal'd one guy, you know, a thousand bucks each. So we had about 7000 roughly $7,000 in firepower once we had this idea of let's go down there and let's, the Warriors were still six to one. And when Clay had come, Clay was about to come back, I'm like, they already look like the best team without him. I mean, mm-hmm. six to one seems like the bet of the year, in my opinion. Uh, let's, let's go for it. Let's, let's put all of it on Golden State. And if they win, we, we'll, we're going to, spend way more money on something than we'd ever would do at, you know, when we go to the college guys to the football, you know, we're staying at like, you know, not super eights, but we're trying to save money. Like we're going to go all out. We're going to stay right next to the course. We're going to go to every round. Like we're going to do, we're going to have nice dinners. Like we're going to do it up if we can hit this bet. And so that just became a thing. And, you know, fast forward, the, the, uh, the year ended and, and and they win. Yep. And and they win. And so how did you part, how did you get that? And then say, you know, how do you contact people over in St. Andrews and say, we want to stay at this uh, BRBO or whatever, or Airbnb? Well, that's the thing. We, were, yeah. we monitored Airbnb prices. I spent multiple hours looking at it. And, you know, I knew we kind of had a threat. We, we, I knew we were going to win about thirty grand if Golden State won, and I was fairly confident they would have a good chance at mm-hmm. it. Um, and so we, we wanted to – what you can do on Airbnb, well, you can lock in Airbnbs, and then some of them uh, – the way it works with a few we've had before with some of our college days is then you can, a lot of them want you to go offline. So I shouldn't be saying this, but they cancel the Airbnb and then you work out a contract with them on the side and they make end up making more money essentially Uh and saving you a little bit. And so we, we got unlucky with a couple of them when we reached out and then we got this guy that, I mean, our Airbnb was awesome. It was literally 50 yards behind the 18th green. Like we were in the tournament. You were right there, right in the heart of it. We were right there. You couldn't be any closer. Like the players were actually staying. Bryson DeChambeau was two, two little uh, places down. We ran by him several times, getting his subways. Uh, we ran into all the players down there: Justin Thomas, uh, etc. But anyway, we had an agreement in place that you know mm-hmm. we had to get this lined up before we knew if the Warriors would win. Long story short, so he goes, "This is a high demand event. Mm-hmm. How about we lock in this contract for eighteen thousand dollars, two installments of nine? If you guys can't make it, and you can let me know three weeks before, we'll relist the property and whatever I can get for it, I'll give you all that money back up to eighteen thousand. He goes, I'm pretty sure we're gonna, we could easily get fifteen. You know what I mean? Because it's just people last second for events like that are always looking for the best location. Sure. I mean, because this was literally I looked for months. This was by far the best location you could book on Airbnb. <laughs> That's just so good. So we had our we had our safeguard. Looking back on it, I won't tell you for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Warriors lost. Maybe the wives would have let us go anyway. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but it, it, it made it a lot. It made it a lot easier and a lot less stressful, uh, you know, knowing that all it cost any everyone in the group was just their flight, and mm-hmm. uh, we, we 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 ate at all the nice restaurants. We went to the tournament every single day and uh, had had the, honestly the trip of a lifetime. I can't even describe how nice the people are. It's a it's an experience that uh, any golf advocate should should try once in a lifetime. Andrew Bellevue is his name. He's a Concordia graduate. He and his buddies were just got back from uh, St. Andrews. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of this really cool story. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned.
I'm talking about. Final segment. This is the golf show. It was presented by Michelob Baltar. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. That's the AM dial, 107.3 on the FM dial. Always podcasted at 740thefan.com and inform.com. Andrew Bellevue is a guest. He was one of, uh, what, seven guys, from, seven Concordia yep. graduates? Yeah, seven of us. Six uh, 04 grads and one uh, 05 grad. You know, I just, I watched almost as many moments of the open as I could, and it just doesn't do justice on, on TV and, and your 50-inch TV. What was it like just to walk the, the streets of St. Andrews? And honestly, it's the, it's the coolest little downtown. I mean, the coffee shops, uh, the people were just, I mean, there's so many pubs. It's literally little like hole-in-the-wall type pubs, but not dirty in a sense. Like they mm-hmm. were, you know, like the, like like little small hotels that have just uh, one bar and about eight tables, and you you stop in and grab a pint, and you can go sit outside or sit inside. And they were crowded, but there were enough of them that if you stayed away from the 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 Dunvegan and that was uh, right on our street, but that was so packed you couldn't. We got in there I think Wednesday night for a drink, but after that it was like hour wait time and stuff like that. But it's just the coolest little town. It's hard to describe. It's it's uh, it's just all right there, like the 18th green and first tee box. Yeah, literally runs into all unlike unlike any other golf course. Like literally, it's 10 feet from the pub and the the most famous, you know the the road hole hotel. You know, so yeah. Any of the pros? Uh, did you see them having a pint or two to calm down from the uh, the days around? Uh, we saw. We didn't see any before the cut on Friday, but we definitely ran into about three of them on Friday night after they got uh, cut. But I, okay. I probably shouldn't share the names. <laughs> yeah. On those, but yeah, they they were getting after it. Yeah. What's the vibe of the of the townsfolk? Well, you know, sometimes when you have a big event it's like, oh, here come all the out-of-towners. But I think St. Andrews took a little different vibe, did it not? Yeah, it, it felt to me like 80 to 90% uh, Scottish, Irish-type Irish you know, people. Uh, we definitely didn't stand out like a sore thumb, but it, well, there wasn't a ton of uh, uh, international flair it's just a different like i've been to the phoenix open many times i've been Mm -hmm. to the u.s open i've been to the pga championship it's it's a much more i would call it a not maybe sensible would be the word like they they understand a golf shot uh you know let's just say a guy has a a a 30 yard chip from off the green in the group these greens the tv does not do it justice i'm sure not oh they can tuck these pins in spots it's like you see, it's a 375-yard drivable par four, but once you're out there in person, no one's getting within 20 feet of it because it's right on top of a ridge. So when a guy plays it from you know 40 yards out, hits the perfect shot and it's 20 feet away. Like in the states, people probably wouldn't cheer because that's not close from 30 yards out. But these guys understand they hit the perfect shot. That's as good as they're going to do, and they and they all got the cheers. And Rory was the crowd behind Rory was 10 to one ratio compared to anyone else. Oh wow, Rory, that much. When he made a birdie, if you were anywhere within two miles of the golf course, the roar was, it was like the Tiger Woods roars back in the Masters and the U.S. Open uh-huh. when he was in his prime. Like It was a very pro Rory crowd. Uh, the birdies for Dustin Johnson, the birdies for the Justin Thomases were just normal cheers. Uh, and they weren't even that loud. Less loud than I would have guessed going yeah. in. Yeah. Um, 
have you heard from other Concordia grads since since this is this has gone national, international? Yeah, it was crazy. We woke up. Uh, I mean, we 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 weren't we weren't out there seeking this at all. We my my buddy Mike Dockin, one of the guys in the group, surprised us all at the airport in Minneapolis with these Kavan Looney jerseys and. He's like, we gotta wear them out there one day. I'm like, I'm like, ah, we might stick out. They might, you know, who knows how these internationals are gonna react to that. And Saturday morning, we wake up and we're like, okay, we're doing it today. We're doing it today. We weren't seeking any attention. Yeah. When you're in a group of seven people in a crowd of two hundred thousand people, having something different when you all look the same but different, mm-hmm. we were all able to kind of watch golf together because we got, you know, you get separated. Yeah. Like, oh, there's our buddy over there. You can get back to him. That was really the point of doing it. Right. Besides, you know you know, using our warrior money to do something fun with it. Um, and then all of a sudden we're on the first screen watching Rory and this, we're chatting with this guy and I didn't know he was at golf.com. And, and he mentioned, he goes, what's the, what's the story on the Looney jerseys? And one of my buddies goes, you won't even believe it. If we tell you, and he goes, try me, I'm a writer. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm like, okay, who wants to tell the story? And then finally, I guess I stepped up and he was just blown away and he took a picture and then, we didn't think anything would come. I didn't think he'd even post till he got home on Monday. You know, it's golf.com. Mm-hmm. We wake up, uh, like we get, no, actually that, that was, so that was at like 11, uh, one o'clock local. We got back after Rory on Saturday, finishes round and I'm refreshing my Twitter page and I follow Kevon Looney. I follow all the warriors on my Twitter page. And the only reason why I found the story is Looney retweeted it. I mean, what if, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And, and so I'm like, Holy smokes, that's us in this picture. And I click on this thing and then, then all of a sudden, another outlet picked it up, and Milwaukee Sentinel. Picked oh, it up. Yahoo! I mean, it, it was all over the yeah. it was all over the place. Milwaukee Sentinel wanted to call me like within minutes because that loony's from Milwaukee, and they wanted well, they have a different version of this. I mean, it's the same story, but they mm-hmm. spun it you know more towards the loony direction. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was like, we weren't. Ex- I literally did not go out there expecting anything, yep. and we were look we weren't looking for anything either. No, other than just to be able to find ourselves on the golf course and maybe get a few laughs out of a few people. And uh, I will say on Saturday, these jerseys, these, everyone loved them. We got so many comments from people like, go Dub Nation, Dub Nation. <laughs> and they're, like, you know, they're chit-chatting with us like they're from the Bay Area or something like that. Right. But when the crowd got a little, uh, we'll call it loose late, and I'd say the last, the last nine holes of the day on Saturday, yeah. uh, there, were some, <laughs> there were some nasty remarks being sent our way, you know, like not nasty in a sense, but like, the Warriors and yeah, like people got a little brave. Yeah, yeah, they got a little braver and they started. Making, you know, there were still some positive, but I'd say the first eighty percent of the day it was like literally all positive comments. People thought it was the coolest thing, and then later it was like some of the, like I said, the people on sixteenth and seventeenth hole with the free, free drinks all day started to. Uh, they made they chimed in. A couple of minutes left with Andrew Bellevue, the Concordia graduate. He and his friends just got back from. The British Open. Uh, where did you watch the tournament mostly? Were you able to access the entire course, or being the fact you stayed so close to eighteen, you hung around there? We, we, I myself and my a couple of well, we all kind of did our own thing. We had one guy that sat on seventeen green a lot. That was a really cool spot if you were looking to get in the bleachers and see, you know, the, the road hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, and you could see eighteen. You could see all the one. I like to get out and walk and fall. I wanted to follow Rory all seventy-two holes. That was our biggest bet. He's my favorite player. Uh, so me and two other guys did that for all four rounds. It was, I'll say this, it was easy to walk the course, but very hard to see golf. Uh, all the greens are double greens and they're huge. Yeah. So it's unlike the States. In the States, you can get within five feet of the greens and you're above the hole and you can see the hole. Most of these shots were back 50, 
40, 50 yards, and you can see it and you can cheer with it, but you don't know if the ball's going in the hole until the roar of the people that are closer that sit in the little grandstands, the small grandstands behind some of these greens. Mm-hmm. So that, in a sense, was a little uh, off on the golf viewing part, but the culture and the whole experience, you just have to embrace it for what it is. Right, right. What's next? How do you top this? Uh, Ole Miss. We're going Ole to, Miss, uh, okay. We, 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 we won a little money on, uh, we bet, funny, we bet McElroy, we bet Cameron Smith, and we bet a few other guys. So uh, we're taking the Cameron Smith money, and we're we're in the process right now of talking about booking the trip to uh, Ole Miss in the Grove for the Alabama Ole Miss football game wow. this spring, this fall. So That's good stuff. When you look yeah. back at this experience, what's one thing that'll stand out? I don't know if you can do that, but when you look back at it, what just what just head and shoulders above anything else? I'd say the locals, the Scots. They were the, the lingo they used. Uh, I can give you one quote right now that the audience will probably die laughing. I'm I walk up to t- uh, uh, Green on nine on Friday, and I hadn't watched much of Tiger yet, but he was obviously struggling. And the holes eight, 8 through 11 are very confusing, so it's tough to know where a player's at in there. Mm-hmm. I walk up to nine, and I said, do you guys know where uh, two Scots? And I said, do you know where Tiger's at? And they go, he's up there on that green. There's rumor is he's going to, he's going to shut it. He's going to, what he said, what they say? He said, there's rumor is he's going to head to the club all soon, like he's hurt. Yep. And I said, why did he get, because I wasn't watching him. I said, why did he get injured? He goes, his scorecard's hurting. He's playing minion golf out there in that Scottish <laughs> voice. And we just, I just died laughing. His scorecard is hurting. He's playing minion golf out there, and he, when he says it, like, he didn't have to prepare for it. It's just natural lingo to yeah, Scott, and they yeah. were just so nice. Yeah. Well, so, thanks for thanks for yeah, sharing your story. The people, yeah. sure. That's just fun yeah. stuff. I just uh, I love hearing these stories, and and that's the adventurous uh, side of, of, of friends, and I'm sure you'll cherish that for a long time. Thank you, Andrew. For sure, for sure. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Yeah, you got it. That's Andrew Bellevue. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Thanks again for Jace Frederick for joining us in the first half of the show and for the Concordia guys and their story and their wild um, adventures over in the British Open. Until next week, hit them straight.